Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. So if you would help me stand to your feet and help me give a great God bless you to Scott Nary. We love you, man. Come on, somebody. He's worthy, isn't he? Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much for applauding Jesus. Because really, I don't really want it myself. You know, we've, we've done that too much in the church. There's one thing about honor, but it's another thing about... Uh, Honoring the one that really deserves it, right? So how many of you today actually want to encounter Jesus Christ? Okay, good. So that means by the time you're, you leave here today, your, your mind's going to be renewed. You're going to have some smiles on your face. You're going to, you'll start looking in the mirror and notifying your face that you're saved, right? Hello, somebody. All right. So if you can, you can have a seat, and, and uh, we're just going to see what, what Papa does today. First off, I just want to say thank you, Apostle Jennifer, for, for having me here. It's an honor. Um, I don't take it lightly standing in, in the pulpit here. Um, some of you, who has never even heard of me in here? Anybody? Okay, cool. Good. Because you know, some of you have heard of me. That was the old Scott. Now you have the new Scott. Okay. Because I'm going to tell you a little bit of journey that the Lord's been taking me on. He's been um, really teaching me how to die. <laughs> now let me give you a background real quick. I'll give you the bullet points uh, because I know we have another service coming. Uh, I've been, been in ministry. This is my 27th year of ministry. I was bivocational a lot of those years. I worked in the National Football League as a trainer and a therapist. I worked in the NBA, I worked in NASCAR, I worked in NHL, and I'm also a Krav Maga instructor, Israeli self-defense. Anybody ever heard of Krav Maga? Yeah, come on now. So that means I can kill you and raise the dead at the same time, right? Right. We actually, at our church, our main church of, uh, in Kannapolis, North Carolina, uh, we t- I teach Krav Maga classes there. So we're one of those rare churches you come into. We've got an MMA mat right in the back that we use during the week. And when we have service, it's our soaking area. <laughs> Glory. So, so anyways, with that said, I've uh, been in ministry quite a while. And uh, I've been part of the machine for a long time. And um, what I say about machine, how many of you understand that there, in church, there's a difference between Christianity and churchianity? Anybody know what that is? How many of you have been saved longer than 20 years in here? Anybody? All right, so you definitely have seen the churchianity machine, right? Well, that's the thing that most of us, when you're trapped in it, you don't realize how much it ingrains us in performance. You don't realize how much it ingrains us with actually robbing us of our faith. And so, but today we're going to get back to the simplicity of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you a little bit, a little story with me, but uh, I'm going to open it up because I want to, I'm a, I'm a word guy. And I, I'm, I really encourage you to have your Bibles. I know we're in an electronic age that everybody uses phones and, and iPads. But let me explain something to you. There's something special about written Bible. Can you imagine, though, I was ta- telling our church, if, what, what, what if all electricity, the electricity grid went out? What you going to read now? Come on. There we go. There's my, there's my, there's my, uh, go-to thing, I guess. All right, so in Hebrews chapter 1, I'm just going to open up with this verse. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, 
and 2. God who at various times or at sundry times and in various ways spoke in time past to the Father by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. I'm going to stop right there. So who has the Lord spoken to us in these last days through? Jesus, the Son of God. Isn't it amazing that we can be so so busy doing life that we forget Jesus. And I know it sounds crazy, but let me explain something to you. What the Lord is doing right here and right now in this time, the role of the prophet is shifted, actually. The role of the prophet isn't so much just about the words of knowledge and the words of wisdom, but the role of the prophet is actually to see where Jesus is and point the way to him. Because what's happening If we don't get back to the basics of Christianity 101, which is love God, love yourself, love people, then what are we here for? I mean, are you here for just a praise God? There's a prophetic guy coming here. I hope he gives me a word. Well, this is your word. Okay. So what's happened, we've actually, uh, in, in the church at large, we come to church multiple times a week, but we live miserable and in doubt and in dismay, and we're, and we're just always trying to get through things. And, and really, the reason why is because our minds haven't changed. Oh, come on now. Can I tell the truth and shame the devil in here? Is it right? Okay. So do you know your biggest enemy right now is between your two ears? Do you know the Word of God talks so much about the mind? It's, it's, it's crazy. All throughout the Word. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Think on those things which are true and just and pure and lovely. Think on those things which are above and not beneath. Be transformed. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's constant. Everywhere you see, it says, put on the mind of Christ. So there's something about the mind. And you got to understand, in the kingdom, what happens if we don't get to get close to Jesus, we're going to have what's called our old carnal mind. Do you know the carnal mind? The Bible says in Romans 8, 7. Now, I'm going I'm to help you all out a little bit here. Romans 8, 7 says the carnal mind is enmity with God. Hostile, right? So let me ask you, where does the Spirit of the Lord live in a believer? He's in, he's in here, right? The carnal mind is enmity with God. The carnal mind is enmity with God. This is why so many people, they don't hear the voice of God because they're too focused on hearing the carnal mind. What is the carnal mind anyway? It's linked to the flesh. But let me go a step further. The carnal mind actually was birthed when Adam and Eve committed high treason against God, and they partook of the the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Listen to me. What is the carnal mind? The knowledge of good and evil. It's the knowledge of how to do something. Sometimes the way we do things without the Lord leading us is actually our carnal mind telling us what to do and not the Holy Ghost. And that was me. When God launched the ministry, which I don't call it my ministry anymore, that's my old, it's, I'm tired of saying my ministry, my ministry. No, it's his ministry. When, when, when I had this crazy visitation with the Lord and he launched 425, it's based upon 1 Corinthians 420. Those of you who ask, <laughs> come on. All of a sudden it's exploded, right? And we just turned two years old and we're now in 34 states, seven different countries. I've planted over 120 churches. But I could care less who gets the credit for it. All right. But when it first started, I was I was flowing. I was going. I was working like a dog and I was producing because I'm a type A guy. Right. And I knew how to do things. So what happened? I was and I. those of you met me before I developed in a high level prophetic gift. I would I could call out your name, your address. I can call out different things about you. And a lot of times I would do that with my gifting and not the Lord. Ooh, can I just tell the truth in here? See, what happens, I was doing something for the Lord because I can. But he wasn't always asking me to do things. God called a performer to to start a ministry. His grace is so amazing. But here's what happened to me, okay? This past July, I had a radical Holy Ghost intervention. How many of you know you need an intervention today? How many of you are tired? Anybody tired in here of just... How many of you are just tired of just, just working and just, just doing? Anybody tired of doing? Okay. Isn't it amazing the same God that said my yoke is easy and my burden is light is the same God that also said, hey, to take up your cross and deny yourself. So, but what happens here, I was doing things on my, my own, but I wasn't led by God. And I'm being vulnerable and raw and real to you because I, I can, I'm just at that point now because when you're raw and real and transparent, heaven opens. 
And if I'm open and transparent to my brothers and sisters in the Lord, what happens? It causes you to be open. And if you get open, all of a sudden the Jesus in me walks between the Jesus in you. Because the kingdom of God is not vertical. It's actually horizontal. The kingdom of God is within us. So if I'm open and I'm real and I'm raw, all of a sudden you get open, real, and raw. I'm like, bam, we become in an agreement. And then the Lord all of a sudden moves. Bam, Holy Ghost shows up, right? Okay? Because by what's happened, I, w- I was one of these guys I'd, I put on a mask. I was a polished preacher. I, everywhere I'd go, I was polished. I could perform. And I'll never forget, I was at this place. 425 was growing like crazy. We were expanding. And it, it was like, wow. And all of a sudden, people started to notice my gifting. And they would market me, hey, come check out this prophet. He's accurate, very accurate prophet. And what would happen, I'd feel the pressure to perform. Okay? And so I would go to these places, I'd feel the pressure to perform. And when I'd get there, because I felt so much pressure to produce, I couldn't hear the Lord. So I'd pace back and forth. God, give me a sign. Show me who you're resting on. Just give me a clue. Who who am I going to call out? Because i got to at least call out three or four people. And this went on, and I was miserable. I was actually starting to despise my prophetic gift. Isn't that crazy? But people say, what do you mean, Scott? That's awesome. Now, let me tell you what. Performance is just like a Pharisee. Even Jesus said in Matthew 5.20, he, he says, except your righteousness exceed that of a Pharisee and a scribe, you can't enter the kingdom. What's a Pharisee? They were, they were amazing performers. So he's basically saying, Jesus said, except your righteousness exceeds that of a performer. How many of us are performers here? Come on. Come on now. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Now, some of y'all need us to repent right now, right? Okay. I, here I am, flowing in signs and wonders, Holy Ghost miracles, and miserable because I'm doing it and the Lord's not even there with me. Ooh. Isn't that crazy? But some, some people say, how does that, how's that possible? Well, just think about it. Jesus said in Matthew 7 that, why do you, you know, he said, these people come up and says, Lord, Lord, and says, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not even cast out devils in your name? Haven't we not produced wonders in your name? So they were actually mesmerized by their gifting. And, all, and Jesus looked at them and says, I don't know who you are. Depart from me. I don't know you. So, But they're a group of people that they knew their gifting so well, but they didn't know Jesus. And then you go to Matthew chapter 25. There's a whole different group of people. In Matthew 25, Jesus looks at these people and he says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. They said, when would we do that? He says, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So you got two different groups of people. That's actually two types that's in the church today. You got one group that's always just mesmerized with gifting. And you got the other group just mesmerized with Jesus. Oh my God. So here was me. I am in July, I'm going through this miserable point, right? I'm just like, I'm aggravated, I'm stressed, I'm working like a dog, my wife is aggravated, but in the outside, man, y'all are blessed, man, praise God. God's filling up places. And I decided I had to get away, so I took off the whole month of July, right? I had to make a decision. If I'm, In order for change to happen in your life, change has to be pursued. It's one thing you got to know. Change don't just happen. You got to make a choice. Every single one of you have a choice. So I am, I take a month off. I go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, just to, and I'm with one of my friends there and, and, uh, we're just connected and, and I'm learning how to get in relationship with people because let me, let me explain something. Um, let's face it. We, we mostly gather, but we never really assemble because most, why would we pray for revival when you don't even know each other's name in here? But that's the state of the church in America right now. We just go to church and we experience the stuff, you know. God wants us to get connected. And that's what the Lord's doing here at this church. And he's going to do this and he's going to really make an impact all throughout America. Because he's getting back to just Jesus and real family. So I'm, I'm in this room and, and we're just getting quiet before the Lord. And, and my buddy, he's a good fr- he's a he's a spiritual son of Bob Jones, the late prophet, okay? And I'm not name dropping and telling names who he is. But anyways, in this place, he said, hey, we're just going to pray. So we put on some music, but nobody's talking. It was messing with me because my talking always had to produce. 
I am manifesting the entire time, not talking. Because my performance wants to jump in. I got to do something. I got to turn on the gift, brother. Praise God. Got to make it happen. And it wasn't working. But all of a sudden, when I got quiet, because the Bible says in Psalm 46, verse 10, to be still and know I'm God. Right? How many of us, most people can't be still for five minutes? So all of a sudden, I'm in the spirit and I'm right with Jesus at the still waters of Psalm 23. Now, I'm about to tell you something that when you encounter Jesus for real, something's going to change in your life. And you're almost pooping your pants, too. I'll tell you that. I'm serious. because Everybody has these encounters nowadays. But when you have a real encounter, you say, oh, uh-uh. Most of that stuff that people have encountered is just adrenaline. It really is. So here I am. The Lord, I'm, lo- I'm walking up. The Lord says, come. And I'm like, and he looks just like the painting that the Russian girl Akiana painted of him. He says, sit with me. I sit down at the, the, right by the edge of the waters. And I can still feel my feet sinking into the mud. I can still feel the water. And he says, I want to show you something. Look at the water. And I looked at the water. It was real clear, real still. And all of a sudden, I looked and I saw my reflection and I saw his. But he says, I want you to look closer. I looked closer. And as I looked, all of a sudden, I saw me, bam, preaching in a big conference, calling out things. I was Sean Bolts 2.0, man. I was doing some amazing. I was like, oh, wow, you about to upgrade me, God. Praise God. I'm watching all this stuff and thinking it was amazing. I was calling out people's names, birthdays, addresses. The fire of God was happening. It was amazing. And the Lord says, okay, now I want to show you the crowd. He turned the screen. And when I saw the crowd, they were all holding big buckets of popcorn doing this. And Jesus said nothing else to me. At that moment, I woke up from that encounter shaking and the lord spoke to me he says son for now on you will not prophesy over anyone unless i tell you to because i only i only did and said what my father told me to say and he says do you know how many times i went to in jerusalem and passed the lame man at the gate beautiful almost every time i was there but i did not heal him because he was not my assignment And he says, Scott, when you prophesy over someone that I have not called you to prophesy over, what you're actually doing is causing more harm than good. I said, God, I don't understand. He says, son, if they are not ready to steward that word, because the more accurate word it is, the more warfare occurs. And if you give a word to somebody just because you can turn on the gift and they're not ready for it, they're actually reserved for someone else. And it completely wrecked me, man, because here I was, I could go in a room, I could, if I wanted to, I learned, I have learned how to turn on the gift. Isn't that crazy? You can learn how to turn it on. I could turn it on and prophesy over every single one of you in here if I wanted to. And I used to do that. But let's face it, because it's popular. And a lot of preachers do that just to bring in the, the money. But I'm at this point now I have to be led by the Spirit of God and not my own ambition. See, the Bible says in Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And the Lord told me, he says, the way that you're led is to be dead. He said, son, if you really want to be my disciple, you've got to do a couple of things. I said, what's that, Lord? He says, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. What does it mean to deny yourself? Deny your, deny your right to have an opinion. See, but what happens, the reason why when we come to church, we don't have real connection because everybody's got their opinions. <laughs> so here I am, I, I, I'm, I'm totally rocked to the core. And I'm thinking, why are you telling me this now? He's, he says, Scott, you weren't able to get it. You weren't able for it yet. See, here's the thing about the Lord you got to know. God is so good. Sometimes he will set you free when you're ready to be set free. So it's the parable of the wheat and the tares. That he allowed the tares to grow up with the wheat. Because if he pulled the tares out before it's ready, it would actually hurt the wheat. And here is the Lord. He's allowing me to 
build a ministry on my gifting and it looks amazing, but I'm miserable. I got to that point. I couldn't take it no more. And he says, all right, now you're ready for freedom. That's the wisdom of God. And that, uh, that shows you who the Lord is. That shows you who Jesus is. And all of a sudden, you, when you start to realize who Jesus is, you're getting back to Jesus. There's some things that happen in your life. A couple of things that will happen is you actually start to lose your own ambition. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it, it's, it's pretty wild. It's like the closer you are to the Lord, there's a couple of things. You actually desire to be seen less and you feel like you don't know anything anymore. So what happened to, to me, the Lord, I mean, again, I have been to Bible school. I've, I've taken all the, the, ever the training. I've done it all. And God had to basically had to tear me down to build me back up. And now the ministry we are stewarding is growing ever faster and growing deeper because we're getting back to the basics. Love the hell out of each other, really. Literally. Hello, somebody. See, because there's no greater revelation that right now today than Jesus and family. Because I know we have a lot of a lot of uh, cliches, community, family. But let me explain something to you. In, in a minute, I'm going to get in the scripture to make it church here today. Okay? But let me explain something to you. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, to not forsake the assembling of one another together, right? Do you know there's a difference between assembly and gathering? See, let me explain something. We, we oftentimes gather, but we very rarely assemble. So what does it mean to assemble? Think about it. Have you ever, parents, you bought your kid a toy and it came in a box and it said assembly not included? It's just a bunch of parts. That's what most churches are. We're full of a bunch of parts and everybody's sitting in their seat and nobody's really connecting. But in order to assemble, you have to have real relationships. And in order to have real relationships, you actually got to love without an opinion. Oh, Kyle, appreciate it. Oh, see, this is what the Lord's doing. He's doing right now. He's actually getting us back to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? We're getting back to the basics of Christianity 101. Because God's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, right? So if we're going to be a, a glorious ecclesia, it means in a gathering that is assembled. Because we can't do it without each other. We really do need each other. So let's read some scripture here. I want you to turn to, let's go to Mark chapter 3. So I never told you the rest of the story after this crazy encounter with the Lord. After he started to reveal to me what I was doing, I had such deep conviction. And then this is what he told me. He says, Scott, right before this, I had a 12-day tour in Colorado and Wyoming. And part of the vision was the church that I was supposed to go to. And he says, he said to me, he says, you will not go prophesying over a bunch of people anymore. You only speak over who I say to. And by the way, on this trip, you can't use any notes. Lord, I'm dying. That he says, that's what I want to happen. I'm causing you to die. You've got to die from your carnal mind. The way you've always done things, your performance has to stop. Because your performance is actually making you get trapped in a time warp. And you're constantly going around the same mountain over and over and over again because we're trapped in performance. And we don't see Jesus. The Bible says to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The reason we're not walking in the author and the finisher of our faith is because we're only looking at our own navels. We call it, we're navel gazing. Look at me, look at me, look at me, how inadequate I am. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Oh my, look at me, look at me. No, the Bible tells us to prefer the needs of one another, not our own. Isn't that crazy? So the closer you get to Jesus, the more you actually love each other, and you actually lose all right. Because <sighs> he did it. Jesus is a robot, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you this story in Mark chapter 3. Are you guys okay? Y'all getting what I'm saying? Mark chapter 3, starting with verse 1, and he entered the synagogue again. Basically, Jesus is going to church. He went to church. And a man was there who had a withered hand. The hand was shriveled. It couldn't move. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward, come into the middle. 
Then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked at him, at, around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Now, you read this story. This actually happened. I go to Colorado and Wyoming, and he told me not to read any, to, to take notes. So I'm in my room praying. And as I'm praying and, and reading the Bible, because he said, I want you to turn to here, I started to read it, and instantly he took me there. It was the craziest prophetic thing ever happened to me before. Because what happened, I was so used to turning on my gift to do the other stuff. Here now is the Lord. The Lord is actually bringing me into the place. Okay? He's leading me into the depths. Because there's other people that can try to get access to God. They're like thieves and robbers, the Bible says in John 10. They come up another way. That's why you have people always ascending to heaven. They're going the wrong way. They're going through their gifting and not the Lord. So then in this, in this story, Jesus is he's walking into the synagogue. And God is showing me all this stuff. And he's, he's showing me this thing. And the Lord taps me on the shoulder. He says, do you know why I'm always healing on the synagogue? I always taught William. He's trying to like goad the Pharisees. No, he says, Scott, that's not why. He says, I'm loving them. I'm trying to get them to manifest to be free. The reason the Lord was healing people on the, on the Sabbath was to try and get the Pharisees to wake up. See, when you get to heaven, every single one of you in here, he's not going he's, he's to ask you. He's going to ask you one thing. He's not going to ask you well, how, how big of a ministry you built. He's not going to ask you how big of a business you built. He's not going to ask you even how many people you led to him. He's not going to ask you. He's going to ask you one simple question. If this is going to be the question, have you learned to love? Because that right there shows if we're true followers of Christ, true believers and not make believers. How well do you love? And we're going to go over some scripture in a minute to talk about that. So anyways, the Lord's walking into this synagogue and there's this man sitting, going to church. Shriveled up with a, uh, about one version, one uh, chapter in the thing that's Luke says he has a right shriveled hand, right represented authority. So he lost all authority. He's going to church with a shriveled hand. He can't access anything. He has no authority. He has not, he can't grab it. And that's actually a lot of people today in the church. We're going with withered hands and we can't, this, we're not walking in any type of victory because we don't know how, what we're stretching towards. Withered hand people are trapped in performance. Withered hand people are trapped in anxiety. Withered hand people are trapped in just going around the same mountain year after year, month after month. And they're just like, Lord, can you please just help me out a little bit? But here is God. God is in the midst of this church, right? He walks in the center. God's in the room. And the very people that were supposed to recognize the Lord couldn't see him. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks in. As he walks in, that causes them to manifest evil thoughts. See, let me encourage you. Have you ever been in a place when you, in the spirit or you're, you're praying, you all of a sudden felt extremely agitated and it just hits you out of the blue? That's when the Lord's there. When he walks in, it causes everything that's inside of you that shouldn't be there to manifest. That's why sometimes all of a sudden you'll feel all of this uneasiness and anxiety it's 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 not always somebody else it's oftentimes you because the closer the lord comes the more light walks in the more darkness that we deal with has to come out so here he is he's in god is in the middle of church and it's causing all of these folks to manifest evil thoughts man hey, we don't do it like that in our church we don't do it like that. What's he doing? He's, he's going, he's going to heal this guy. No, you can't be doing that. And I, and, and they were vicious, vicious. And he looked at the man with the withered hand. The withered man with the withered hand wasn't even asking to be healed. See what happens when love walks into the room, 
Something's going to change. When love walks in, faith is ignited because faith works by love. Galatians 5, 6. So all of a sudden, God walks in the room. Love walks into the room, and he sees the man with a withered hand, and he says, step up into the middle. This guy steps up. He just listens to Jesus, steps in the middle. It's causing all these people to manifest. They're upset. They're angry. And the Lord's giving them a chance. They're not even recognized that God is there. Isn't that amazing? We do that with our carnal minds. See, our carnal mind puts, you can't put God in a box, but you can put you in a box. It happened to me. I was, I was in, I don't know, I think it was in Texas. And I was in my hotel room praying. And I was getting ready to, and I was having this conversation with the Lord. I, I'm talking to the Lord. He's like, he, I, he, I feel like he's right at my, at my bed and we're talking back and forth. And all of a sudden, as we're talking back and forth and we're having this amazing conversation, a demonic entity walks into the room. And I sense the demonic entity. I said, hold on, Lord. And I step up and I start binding and loosening it and it leaves. And he walks by, I walk back to him. He says, why'd you do that? I said, what do you mean why'd I do that? The devil came in the room. I binded it loose. And he says, Scott, it achieved what it wanted to do. It distracted you from me. Did I ask you to do that? He says, for now on, why don't you be led by me? Because it achieved what it wanted. It had distracted you from talking to me. If you would have just looked up to me, the author and the finisher of faith, that thing would have actually left. Because it was looking for an audience. So how many times do we do that with the Lord? We assume, right? Because it's the carnal mind is the knowledge of how to do something. So I was trained as like, well, I'm just going to start Brian and Lucy, which you can, but just make sure the Lord's telling you to. This is what Jesus did not do anything unless his father did it. He only said what the father said. Do you know he's our pattern? We're actually supposed to be like him. But how many of us actually do what the Lord's asking, but we just assume we're walking around assumptions all the time. Well, praise God, I'm going to do it my way. Hallelujah. And no wonder everybody's all upset and depressed and full of junk. Because we're performers. We're full of religion and don't even know it. In that cray cray. Jesus is doing amazing work in us, y'all. I'm telling you, he's getting us back to the basics. Come on. Come on. Come on. So I, I want to read something to you. I want you to turn to, yeah, I'm going to, I'll probably preach more on this the next meeting. It's definitely going to be different. So I don't know if you got to go somewhere, but I will expand next, next service. Turn to Romans chapter 12. We're going to read a, a verse that we always read. And... Here's the thing I've learned about Jesus. I feel like I'm finally just really saved for the first time in my life. Isn't that crazy? Tongue talking, speaking in tongues. And now I'm at the place I'm actually saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, he partners with us. The Bible says we're co-laborers with God, right? Well, why is it that we don't co-labor with him? We just assume, Lord, let us lead you. We'll tell you where to go. Have you ever done that? Why do we do that? It's the carnal mind. The carnal mind is enmity with God. But the closer you get to Jesus, the more that you're going to see his great love for you. See, this very message today is for you because he wants to reveal how much he's absolutely mad about you and not mad at you. Isn't that good? So I want to read this scripture. First, or Romans chapter 12, verse 1, But I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, how are you transformed? Okay, so does going through a fire tunnel transform you? We do everything else except renew our mind. He says the way you're transformed is your mind's got to be renewed. And what happens, the way your mind gets renewed is you actually got to know the Word of God. Isn't it amazing that your faith level is always determined with your word level, right? So even the ability to prophesy comes with how much you understand the Word. This is why I tell people all the time, it's like, Jesus is the Word, but you need to understand and read the Word. 
Hello. Come on now. Let's get back to the basis of Christianity. Read the Bible. Hello. Yay. Come on now. Reading the Bible is so, so important because if we're not reading the scripture, we don't see you can get off, right? So he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable will of God. Now, let me explain something to you. How many of you want to have the mind of God? Come on now. You really want the mind of God? Great. Okay. That's great. So we're going to start with verse nine, same chapter. This right here, as I read it, is going to show you what the mind of God looks like. Okay, the, this sermon, the series is a limitless life. So a renewed mind thinking like the Lord getting back to Jesus enables us to live a limitless life. Right. How many? What was that movie called? Was it called Limitless or he took he took a pill to change his brain? Well, we, we take the Holy Ghost. Right. God, he enables our chain, our thinking to be different because what happens when we actually start to think like the Lord strongholds are pulled down through the knowledge of God. Strongholds are not demons. You can't cast out a stronghold. A stronghold is pulled down through the knowledge of God. Okay? And the thing is, you got to understand, you can't counsel a demon and you can't cast out the flesh. Okay? So what happens oftentimes, we try to cast out the flesh and it ain't working. It's changing your mindset. It's getting back to focusing on those things which are true and just and pure and lovely and virtuous and praiseworthy. The Bible tells us those things, right? So let's let's get back to the mind of God. So verse 9, the sign of a renewed mind is, number one, let love be without hypocrisy. Oh, okay, wait a second. What does it mean to be a hypocrite? Pretender. Well, praise God. Bless you, brother and sister. So good to see you. Well, I don't even know their name, though, you know. Praise God. The Lord is good, isn't he? You know, how many of us, come on, we play church our life, right? Okay. And let's face it, a, hip, a hypocrite means to be an actor. He's saying, let love be without being an actor. Abhor what is evil. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Check it out. Verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Uh-oh. In honor giving preference to one another oh lord jesus we're all repenting right now can you imagine that the bible tells us to actually prefer one another think about it have you ever been in a meeting lord i pray that you give me a prophetic word why don't you pray that your neighbor get a prophetic word or how about lord just i want the hundredfold blessing why don't you actually pray that your neighbor get the hundredfold blessing? Since in that mindset, it actually gets you set up for your breakthrough. Isn't that something? Okay. All right, so let's keep reading here. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit. It means hot. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Wow. Do we really do that nowadays anyway? Come on now. Do you know if we would actually love each other, nobody would lack. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Come on. Given to hospitality. How many of you say, well, I just don't like people. Anybody ever said that? <laughs> you just need to get saved. Seriously. I used to not like people. I was in ministry preaching for all these years and finally got saved and I actually started to love people. I'm serious. I would prophesy over somebody accurate and I'm really say, man, I just want to get out of their face. Let me go get away. It's not Jesus. It's so not the Lord. God help us. Here we go. Bless. Oh, good Lord. Here we go. Y'all ready for this? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Now, let me explain something. That word bless is where we get the word eulogy. You ever seen it at a funeral, somebody giving a eulogy? Man, that person really stinks. I can't stand them. They're neighbor. Just a, uh. No. No. Basically, a person that persecutes you, God's saying, hey, why don't you say something good about them? Now, I'm, this is the mind of God. You all said y'all wanted the mind of God, right? <laughs> this is Jesus. This is how he operated, right? Let's keep on reading. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. How about this? If, some, if a breakthrough happens for somebody, if your first reaction is, man, I, will, my, I hope mine comes soon. If that's your first reaction, you haven't seen the Lord. When we truly are rejoicing with somebody, we really are happy for their breakthrough. 
Now, the reason I'm saying all this stuff is because what it's doing, it's helping us to, to grow in the Lord, right? I want to get closer to the Lord, right? Do you? I'm sure you do too. Because he's looking for actually people that are mature and lovers of God. Okay? All right, let's keep reading, guys. <sighs> Be of the same mind toward one another. Uh-oh, here we go. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Here's the one that's going to cause us all to repent and not today. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay. How many of you got, or how many, be honest in here. How many of you got an opinion in here that you, how many of you think that your opinion matters the most? Uh, okay. All right. Isn't that crazy? It's like the closer you get to the Lord, you actually lose your opinion. Think about it. Now, let me explain something before I read the rest of this. Jesus Christ, is a, he's a real man, and he's fully man, fully God. He had to die to himself, his flesh side, every day. Do you know that? Every day he had to die. He had to put down his flesh. He's our pattern. The Bible says he was tempted in all manner, just like us, but he didn't sin. So check this out. Here is the Lord. He is dying to himself, and he only does what the Father tells him to do, right? So God the Father's telling him, hey, okay, you're going to pick your disciples today. I want you to pick this guy named Judas. Judas Iscariot. And he's going to be the one that portrays you, Jesus. He says, okay, I'll pick him. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick him, and you know he's going to betray you, and you're going to actually go, go to the cross because of him. But in the meantime, uh, just to make you die some more to your flesh, Jesus, I also want you to make him your banker. Put him in charge of all your money. Now, that's the wisdom of God. Now, how many of you, that would, if, if, the, if you knew somebody was going to betray you to death, would you say, oh, here's my checking account, I, you know? That's God. That's the mind of God. That's the mind of God. So the Bible says that Jesus knew those who would betray him and who those were with him. And he still loved Judas so much that his disciples didn't have a clue he had anything. He, he treated him the same. Can we say that in the modern charismatic church? No, because we're not loving. Because we haven't seen the Jesus. We haven't seen Jesus. We've seen the carnal mind Jesus. We're loving with opinions. We're loving with hooks. I love you to get something from you instead of loving you just to love you. You can find it every Christmas. You know, give somebody a Christmas present, they don't give you something back. You're like, Phew. yeah, I, I, I won't forget that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm telling the truth and shaming the devil. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, let's keep on reading here, guys. Here we go. He says, repay no one evil for evil. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Regard for good... Re have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If possible, as much as depends as you, live peaceably with all men. Guess what? We're called to live peaceably with everybody. You do your part, okay? Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Wait a second. The Lord told me the other day, he says, Scott, have you remember when you said, when you were betrayed that one time, and you told people, Vengeance is the Lord's. He's going to get him. He says, you are still in the carnal mind. See, what happens when somebody betrays you and you're actually walking in love, you don't even think about it. You actually just release them. Isn't it amazing? Jesus said the Father makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. He makes it rain on the just and the unjust he actually does that for people that we would say don't deserve it. My God, this is love. God is love. He doesn't just have love. He is love. So when we actually have the mind of God, we're going to actually learn how to love each other, learn to love ourselves. We're going to walk by faith in such a greater degree. And people will know you're a disciple by one thing. The Bible says in John 13, 35, people will know your disciples by your love for one another. But today we've put, we said people are going to know we're disciples by our gift. By how many people we can see grow a leg out or prophesy over. It's better to be known by your love and not your gifting. Come on down. That's good preaching. At least I think it's good preaching. Okay. Here we go. 
Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome by, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let me explain something to you. The Lord showed me how he did amazing mass deliverance one time. He took me to when he fed the 5,000. And he said to me, he says, Scott, do you know everywhere I went, I had my haters coming. Everywhere I went, I had Pharisees and Sadducees trying to trip me up. Everywhere I went, they were always trying to find a way to get me trapped. My haters were always with me. So all of a sudden, he had compassion on the people. He did not want them to faint. They've been out there so so long, and he didn't want to send them back. So he said, let's, not, let's feed them. So he sits them down, and even in that crowd of thousands of people, there were many haters. And the Lord showed me in the Spirit. He says, as he started to feed them, then fed them, coals of fire rained down from heaven. And it started to hit their head. Why the head? Because God was freeing their carnal mind. And he started to show me what it really means to, to love someone without an opinion. To What it really means to live a limitless life is to actually walking like Jesus. And if you're going to walk like Jesus, there's a couple of things you got to do. In order to walk by, like him, you got to be blind. The Bible says to walk by faith and not by sight. You cannot walk by faith until you're blind to the carnal mind. Your way of doing things, the way of performing has to be blind. We had this crazy thing happen. I was, I was in Texas ministering and we just, we had a new puppy and, um, it's only happened about a month ago. Crazy. And, uh, cause I was saying the Lord, he, he started telling me, he says, I'm going to show up to you and your family, but if you don't look for me, you're going to miss me. So now I'm looking for him everywhere. Before I wasn't looking for Jesus. I was just looking for the glitz and the glamour. Just give me another goosebump and some, let me, f I was more aware of God walking into a room instead of paying attention when he did. So I'm, 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 I'm away and I get this phone call. My wife's saying, our son, he can't find our new puppy. He can't find the puppy. I'm like, what do you mean he can't find the puppy? He let the puppy outside to go to the bathroom. Then he, he went to the, we have an outbuilding, and he went there. Well, we have this video camera. We can see what's going on. The puppy came back inside and fell asleep behind the couch, okay? So what happened, he's freaking out. He's calling everybody. And while they're out there, you know, our kids are out there looking, this homeless guy comes down the street, said, hey, uh, do you have anything to drink? So uh, our son said, sure, you know, we'll give you a drink. And he actually, the homeless guy started to help them look for the, for the puppy. And uh, other people came in. I mean, like, other relatives came because they were frantic. They wanted to try help find the puppy. And, and so this homeless guy, our kid said, are you hungry? He says, yeah, I'm hungry. So he gave him something to eat. And it was really cold that night. And he didn't have a coat on, so he gave him his coat. And finally, they, they found the dog, and the homeless guy said, thank you, and he left. Meanwhile, my wife just pulled in. She was gone at the time. She pulled in, and she's all frantic. Finally, they found the dog. And as they're talking, one of the cousins that were there said, man, why did you, why'd you got to do that to that crackhead? And then our son looked at him and said, hey, he was thirsty. We gave him something to drink. He was hungry. We gave him, we fed him and he was, he didn't have anything to wear. So we clothed him. And all of a sudden the Lord said, Marcy said, that's the Lord. We missed him. Completely missed Jesus. That's how we do the church nowadays. We miss him all the time because we're so busy looking at us. It's time to get back to the Lord, y'all. Get back to the simplicity of the gospel. Get back to what Christianity is all about. Is learning how to become love. So 
Can you play some music or even play a track? I'm going to pray for a few of y'all. Did y'all get anything out of this? Okay. Awesome. Awesome. See, it's my prayer for each and every single one of you is to fall so radically in love with the Lord that nothing else matters. You hear me? He who finds his life will lose it, but he who loses his life will find it. Let me challenge you. Some of you are going after ministry so hard that you've actually forgot the Lord. That was me. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. Jesus, I ask that you reveal yourself to these folks. Now, here's what I'm going to do. Probably need to move this um, thing. Awesome. If you have been dry or your Christian life, you feel like you're going around the same mountain and it's just the same old, same old, and nothing's changing. Is anybody like that in here? Raise your hand if that's you. Okay. All right. And if you just need a touch and a refreshing from God, y'all come up here, okay? Just come up to the altar. Come on. Come on. See, the Bible clearly tells us to only look at one person. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.